When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Austin's all sports leader. Inch by inch. Aaron Hogan. Play by play. Rod Babers. So we're finished. The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky. Yeah, wake him up. You had better get him up and get him out. Welcome to Austin's only morning sports conversation. It's Ian Rod B. Live on the Horn app on hornfm.com. Of course, AM 1260 and 1019, our third program with Ian Rod B. It's going to be a busy one. There's a lot to do. Five hours, five days a week right here on the Horn. He is the Lifetime Longhorn. 16 years of fixture on your radio dial in the ATX. Number 21 in your Texas football program. Number one in your heart. And on this program, he's my man, Rod Babers. What's up, Rod B.? I appreciate the intro, brother. And uh, great to be here, man. Feeling good? Feeling good. Any uh, morning exercise routine? I uh, did the... run. Got my four miles in. Well, nearly four miles. It's like 3.7. So I can't. I'm going to be, be real about once that. Again, it ain't I, quite faux. Once right. again, I had, well, you know, close to faux. <laughs> close to faux. I, I had taken a shower this morning, and I did take the stairs with you. The four, there you four, go. Four flights up. Take stairs every day, baby. Here at the Horn headquarters. Get it so in. Got to get a little, get the, mm-hmm. get the, get blood, the blood flowing. Going. Yes, sir. Through the glass, he is our tremendous producer. One time a... Uh, Lived on West Campus as a fake UT student going to Texas State. Uh, got his degree in about six years and thriving in his new role producing Austin's only morning sports Amen, conversation. Bro. He is T.Y. Henderson. What's up, T? Just loving that. Ast- or the Astros and the Rangers win last night. They were both pretty fun to watch. Yeah, man. How about the finish in, Houston, in Baltimore Ooh. last night? What a uh, sock for Kyle Tucker. What a bat for Kyle Tucker. Yeah, Rangers just keep on rolling, too. Uh, a lot of baseball. We've also got, uh, what do we have, 31 consecutive days of 100-degree temperatures. We're setting records. Now we're dealing with serious mm. brush fire issues. Keep an eye out there at Cedar oh, yeah, Park. Man. Uh, 1431 Farmer Lane. Man, it is. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. There was one, gosh, over the weekend down, you know, I live south. This is all north in the, in the Cedar Park area. Uh, but down San Marcos, Wimberley Way, there was a, a brush fire uh, that was was pretty scary. This one, too. So yes. yeah, we know it's dry. We know it's hot. and uh, No rain. You no rain. Get, you can't get any rain either. You need some of that rain. Well. You need it bad. It's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Uh, so, yes, be careful out there. Those cigarette butts, anything incendiary. Let's uh, let's do our part because it's going to go up quick without a doubt, and it's, mm. it's tough to get down. And guess what? The winds are picking up today. Yeah, last night the winds. Then. I know we haven't had winds like that in forever, and then last night for some reason with the fire, it yeah picked no, up. Well, the gusts picked up tremendously. One of those chicken and egg things, but yeah, I think it's supposed to be even up today and tomorrow, and into Friday. So. Uh, be advised of that as you're getting up and out uh, this morning. We do have this there, uh, Rod Babers, though. One ticket sold in Florida has won the estimated $1.58 billion Mega Millions lottery last What? Time. One ticket. One ticket. $1.58 billion? With the winning numbers. Have they, have they, do we know if they've claimed this yet? Or no, too are they, soon. Too they just, soon. Okay. 
This is uh, 6.03 a.m. Wow. Central Time. The winning number is 13, 19, 20. Congrats. 32, 33, and the mega ball of 14. I knew it wasn't going to be me. Me too. I didn't play. <laughs> I was not a part of that. Uh, Even if I yes. played, it wouldn't have been me. No. We yeah. do know that happened last night. So uh, mega ball, mega jackpot, whatever. Congratulations to someone in Florida, man. Will they take the uh, lump sum or will they uh, have the payments? Mm-hmm. It depends on how old they are. I think uh, that always is an age decision, too, depending on if you take the lump sum. I got to take the money. Just give You're me the, the lump sum. Nah. Just, just get, you want nah. the lump sum? No, nah, I could go at any day. You know what I mean? Just, I don't want to <laughs> delay this. Just give it to me. I wonder what the taxes are. I got to see uh, what the, the taxes are on the lump sum as opposed to the payments. Probably, there's a way to... You probably get like $600 million cash. I'll take 1. that. 1.5 billion. No, it's 1.58 yeah, I'll, billion. I'll take, I'll, I'll take, yeah, you know what? That's cool with me. Uncle more Sam, money, more problems. I need them problems. I need them, I need them problems. That's the, <laughs> if I'm worried about taxes. Elon's got a lot of problems, and I want them Elon problems. I want Elon problems. <laughs> Mailbox money, that kind of stuff. We are all in on that. On this, the 9th of August and 20 and 23, as we count it down, we're 24 days to the Texas football season. We've got college football on the brain, uh, pro football on the brain, the Cowboys and the Zach Martin situation getting uglier out of Cowboys camp. Yeah, what is uh, Jerry's negotiating this thing in the media? I know he is, and this Ooh, is a Hall of Famer. Seems I like odd. It. Uh, we'll also uh, talk about Greg Sankey. Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, arguably the most powerful voice in college athletics. He spoke that. yesterday for the first time since the Pac-12 imploded. Went on the Paul Feinbaum show. We'll let you hear and talk about what he had to say. But let's start with the other headlines. Headlines of the morning, including that stunner in Baltimore in Major League Baseball. There it is. We will start with the MLB. And, yeah, Baltimore last night. Astros and Orioles. AL West leading, AL East leading Orioles. And the uh, defending champion Astros, heavyweight matchup in series. And the Birds jumped all over on not sharp Houston ace Framber Valdez early. Played three runs in the first inning, two more in the second, up 5 nothing, And the uh, Orioles remained in control of the game into the ninth inning, up 6-3. to three. And they called on their lights-out closer, Felix Bautista, who entered the frame with 30 saves on the year, an ERA of .85. He walked John Singleton to start the inning, then singles for Jose Altuve, and Jordan Alvarez loaded the bases with one away. That brought up Houston's all-star Kyle Tucker after falling behind 0-2 against the fireballer. Tucker battled back, fouled off a number of pitches, worked the count back to 2-2, and um, he didn't foul off the ninth pitch of the at-bat. Tucker sends one to Rico Santan there. All the way back and gone. He did it. He did it. A grand slam in the ninth. What an event by Kyle Tucker. King Tuck is now invading by sea. Wow. One of the at-bats of the year in the major leagues. Certainly was. There's AT&T Sportsnet. Todd Callis on the call. What an at-bat. What a blast. Houston closer Ryan Presley. Got the O's three up, three down in the ninth. Houston takes game one, game two tonight. Astros still trail the first place Rangers by three games in the West uh, in the American League because Texas took care of their business. They beat Oakland last night, six to one. Their newly added ace, Max Scherzer, struck out six over seven, uh, three hit innings. They've won eight in a row now, the Rangers have. Uh, they're cruising right now. Adele Diamond, Round Rock doubled up Albuquerque 10 to five. And how about at Double A Amarillo? Former Longhorn Ivan Melendez belted his 27th home run of his first pro season. And since his move to the double-A level, Melendez has played 19 games, hitting 325, leads all of double-A ball in RBIs and slugging, tied for the most home runs with nine. College football, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey spoke publicly for the first time since the Pac-12 implosion late last week. Appearing on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday, Sankey 
said that the SEC leaders met last Friday and are not looking to be part of the latest realignment phase and that they're happy with a 16-team SEC once Oklahoma and Texas join next year. Sankey also called for the 12-team college football playoff format that debuts in 2024 to be reconsidered after the recent wave of conference realignment because there are now four power conferences, not five. On a related note, according to multiple reports yesterday, SMU has emerged as a potential ACC expansion target. News comes comes as the Atlantic Coast Coast Conference is also looking into the viability of Pac-12 lame ducks Cal and Stanford as possible additions. ACC officials reportedly set to review the financials of two scenarios, one in which only Cal and Stanford join their conference and one in which all three, including SMU, are invited. In news from the 40 Acres, Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers has been named to the 2023 Davey O'Brien Award preseason watch list. Redshirt sophomore, one of 35 QBs across the country to make that list, including last year's winner, Caleb Williams at USC. Out of the Big 12, Kansas QB Jalen Daniels, K-State's Will Howard, Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel also made that list, as did Clemson starting quarterback and former Westlake Chaparral, Cade Klubnick. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. All right. Um, I just saw this on the, the spec sex line. Actually, got me a little distracted. Someone said, "Rod, I guess you didn't buy your lottery ticket from the uh, Brody Circle K. It won a million dollars." Oh, I walk. I actually run right by that uh, Brody Circle K. Man, damn. Now I'm a little. Now I'm a little bit upset with myself. I could have. I could have Circle K right by Whitfield's, uh, or Casey Stutter's barbecue yeah, joint. Yeah, yeah, it's not too far from that. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I did. There you go. Thank you, Texter, for that. So maybe every now and then I should just go and just buy me a lottery ticket. Uh, Kyle Tucker probably should go buy a lottery ticket too, because uh, what he did last night was uh, it was unbelievable. So yeah. how about this? I'll give you some Kyle Tucker stats real quick before we jump into Hit some it. baseball talk. So the Astros down three, as you said, with one out in the top of the ninth. Uh, Kyle Tucker gave the Astros the lead with that grand slam. He's the first player this season to hit a grand slam in the ninth inning or later with his team trailing by three. Talk about clutch. And this year, on the road, actually, speaking of clutch, on the road this year, he's hit a th- he has had a three-home run game. He's hit three home runs in a game. He had a 20-plus game hitting streak, and he's hit a grand slam now with his team down three. In the ninth, he's the only player, the only other player, excuse me, in Major League Baseball that has accomplished all three of those on the road in his entire career has been Babe Ruth. <laughs> the Babe. Well, look, yeah. I mean, uh, when when Kyle Tucker was was coming through the Houston system, he was the fifth pick in the draft, and he was one of those guys that the Astros would make untradeable. They they wouldn't you know include him in any of these these playoff run trade you know moves that they would make. Uh, Kyle Tucker was always untouchable, and you're seeing why. I mean. They compared him with his swing to Ted Williams when he came up, if you remember that. Yeah. He's got that long swing. I mean, Patrick talks about that all the time. Yeah, and he's just, he was, he's, we can't miss prospect, and now the prospect has become, you know, what he is now. And, you know, he's the next guy for the Astros to get to try to get one of those big contracts. They need to lock him up to go with Jordan Alvarez. And, Sooner the better. Yeah, they, the, <laughs> but he feels like one of those guys is going to go ahead and hit the market, and that may, we've seen that with George Springer and Carlos Correa. The Astros typically don't go there. Garrett Cole. 
Uh, if they can't get you locked up before you hit free agency in Houston, they don't really get into that bidding war. That's one of the reasons they've been able to say, sustain some type of payroll manageability yeah. while they stay all winning. These, uh, now with all these stars yeah. on the line. Well, because Altuve and Bregman have taken the early deals. Jordan Alvarez has already taken the early deal. Um, Christian Javier, they got him locked up last year. Uh, obviously, they reacquired Justin Verlander this year, so they're not paying the lump sum of what the Mets are paying there. So the Astros smartly you know, don't get into those bidding wars typically, and they develop their players, and Kyle Tucker, one of those. Those are great stats. And it was, you heard Todd Callis say it on uh, the, the highlight there, if you weren't watching on AT&T Sports on that last night, that's not over, that's not hyperbole. That's not one of the great at-bats of the season. Because we talked going into this series, Rod, of, you know, Baltimore has been the story of the American League this year. This upstart group with 70 wins, and you know, Houston coming to town, Dusty Baker at the White House on Monday saying, you know, this is their biggest series in a long time, yeah. kind of throwing the pressure onto them. <laughs> and, um, you know, because they are a young team that hasn't had a marquee August series like this that, that all eyes are on. Houston's been there many, many times. And, you know, to, to be in control of the game the way they were, they jumped all over Framber Valdez. Framber started his first game since he threw the no-hitter and was as sharp as you can be against the Guardians last week. This one... You know, he was leaving the ball over the middle of the plate. He just wasn't mm. locating well. And give the O's credit, they jumped all over it. And uh, they were up 5 nothing before you could blink. And really seemingly were going to cruise to a Game 1 win. And uh, they didn't just put any pitcher on the mound last night in the ninth inning, uh, Rod. They put the game's best closer. Uh, uh, Felix Bautista was the closer of the mm. month in June. He was the league's closer of the month in July. <laughs> he's pretty much been unhittable yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's uh, ERA of .85. Coming wow. in, he's got 30 saves. He's just 6-1 and one the record. I mean, there's been talk of him as an MVP candidate if Shohei Otani weren't Shohei Otani. So you're talking about the most clutch at bat of the season so far against the toughest closer in the game right now. And, and to fall behind <laughs> 0-2, Rod, where you're one strike away and you <laughs> battle it off and you fouled off a couple of 101-mile-an-hour fastballs that uh, were out of, just off the plate that he, just, he, he kept battling to uh, – to get to a pitch that, that was not the pitch the pitcher wanted. I mean, it was a little bit up. He's trying to go low with it with a 100-mile-an-hour with a fastball, left it up a little bit over the heart of the plate. And, uh, yeah, uh, baby Ted Williams there jacked it into the stands. Baby Ted. I mean, he, <laughs> I mean but, you know, to me that signifies the Astros. This is, you know, the Rangers are playing great, and the Rangers are oh, man. absolutely – Can't can use some Rangers tests? Uh, you know, I want them, but I'll just say this. that that That's what you got to beat if you're going to beat the Astros because they're going to fight for it. They are not – they take great at bats in big moments. This team has has been to you know six, four World Series and six straight ALCSs. They are battle tested and battle proven, and they're one of those teams you have to you have to beat. And the Orioles thought they had it done with three outs to go and their best pitcher on the mound. Houston still beat them. So uh, that was a that was a statement shot for Kyle Tucker last night. Uh, no doubt. Give me some Ranger stats. They've won eight straight. Yeah, I know Rangers fans are like, hey, you guys talking too many, too much Astros because you got two Houston guys in here, and I see Ty giving me the, the stink guy back there. Uh, Rangers have won eight straight games. Uh, how about this? This is a nice little stat. So Texas won eight straight best, a season best, by the way, eight straight games. Their longest win streak since 2017. Since uh, they had a 10-game uh, win streak in May of 2017. So it's the longest win streak since then. Uh, and they are a season best 22 games above 500 for the first time since the end of 2016. Wow. 
Uh, so you're talking about a, you know, this is a streak that we haven't seen for a long time with the Rangers. And they look really, I mean, they play the ace. So, <laughs> they're, you know, like Chris Rock always said, you don't get credit for stuff you're supposed to do. Uh, you're supposed to pay your bills. You're not supposed to be late for work. Don't get credit for stuff you're supposed to do. They're supposed to beat the A's, and they beat the A's, but right now, I mean, they're one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball. Yeah, they've won eight straight and swept that homestand 6-0, and when, uh, you know, this this should be – I mean, the or, the A's are so bad. I mean, if you, any Ranger fan that turned that on late last night to watch it on the West Coast, I mean, it's like watching a, a minor – I mean, what are you – They're you, trying to lose. Yeah, I mean – they're, they're trying to lose. Rob, they're, they're 50 <laughs> games under 500. They're 32-82. and 82. They're trying to lose and they're doing a damn 32 good job. 32 and 82. <laughs> and I was texting with my buddy who's a huge Ranger fan, Stu, and he said, uh, you know, in baseball, and this is true, the old adage, Rod, you, you – Every team's going to win 54, you're going to lose 54, and then there's 54 more, and that's going to decide if you're going to be a good team or not. I like that. The A's aren't even going to win 50. They're not going to get to 50. <laughs> they're going to get to that bottom floor. No, that bottom no floor. they're sitting at 32 wins on August the 9th. 32. Hey. There's no way to get to 50. How, how long till they go to Vegas? When does that happen? Uh, a couple of years now. A couple of years? And by the way, Rod, how cool is that going to be when the – when they go to Vegas, and if you're an Astros fan or a Ranger fan, and you can start booking your trip to Vegas for a three-game series with the A's or the Vegas A's hosting your team and yeah. do a little Vegas number, that's going to be. I can tell you what though, that Vegas A's um, uh, merch is going to be it's going to be pretty sweet, hot. Yeah, well, I, just well, I can tell they go. It's going to be nice. I, it's going to be black, obviously. I mean. Are they going to stay at the Athletics? That has that not been determined. That yet. is that's a great point. I don't we don't know that. But the Vegas A's, they should do it for a little while so they can change it and make more money on um, on all the merchandise. It's too close. I think A's is too close to the Aces, which yeah. is the WNBA team. Oh. Are they the Vegas? Well, hey, that just goes with the market, baby. Aces True. and the A's. You know True. what I mean? But then you can change it. You're right. You, you, you flip it so you can make a lot of money. That's how you do it. That's why Washington's going to flip the they're gonna flip the brand again. The Washington Commanders, they're going to flip it again. They are going to flip it. New ownership, <laughs> new stadium. They, they want a new stadium. <laughs> well, look, you see, you spend $6 billion on something. You're oh, like, no, yeah, you, know, you can change the – They call it what change we want. Change Yeah, exactly. And I, I – I, I, Personally, Rod, hope they they change that back to football team. Just leave it a football team. I got Washington. used to it too. I like that. It was very unique for the NFL. I was a fan of the WFT, like just the the, yeah. the three letters WFT. It's not bad. Yeah, hail you can to keep the, the same colors and everything. And all that. Hail to the football team. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yes, they've got an issue going on right now between Eric Bieniemy and their head coach Ron Rivera. Which we'll talk about also Jerry yeah, Jones we'll get to that. Uh, and the debut of Hard Knocks last night, Rod. Uh, you know what? It was uh, I. I, like I said I, I'm predicting it's going to be probably the most watched I hard knocks right they've had that. out there. And by the way, the Cowboys have been on hard knocks I believe multiple times. They have been. So I don't know who the record for most watched hard knocks is. Probably the Cowboys because they're the freaking Cowboys, uh, and they're the, they're the number one TV star on America's number one TV show, which is the NFL. But this year, man, everybody is pretty much captivated by the Jets and what's going on there. And I kind of wonder. You, you, you we'll knew get to some sound a little bit later on to talk about it. Well, I might yeah. play the open for you here in a minute. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Robert Sala thing? Get you, oh, man. So, that gets you ready to play. And I'll say this for Hard Knocks. <laughs> and if you're watching baseball last night, Hard Knocks, maybe the Johnny Manziel Johnny documentary. Manziel. I ha- okay, i got to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Did you watch I've this I've seen time? mixed reviews. I've seen mixed reviews. Have I have not watched it. it. Ty, no, you I, watch it? I, have, I watched Hard Knocks. I did not watch the Johnny did Manziel. You, not, you didn't watch either one? I watched Hard Knocks. You watched Hard Knocks. Okay, yeah, me too. I didn't watch Johnny. I got we got to watch Johnny. Prioritize. I had to watch the baseball, which started at six yeah. with the Astros, and then I did watch Hard Knocks at nine. And uh, so, I'll say this: you know, I, I was wondering how, because because you know the Jets. I mean, you know HBO. 
uh, and the NFL Films folks wanted as much access to Aaron Rodgers as they could get. I wondered how much Aaron Rodgers would give. After episode one, it's pretty clear. Come on, come all. It's all Aaron Rodgers all the he's time. He's a celebrity quarterback. Yeah, right? it's all Aaron Rodgers all he's the time. He's a celebrity quarterback. I think he's kind of embraced it. He fought it. They all fought it. By yeah. the way, nobody wanted to do hard knocks. The NFL had to basically compel them to do it, yeah. which they had the power to do. Well, and that's because all organizations want to do their own now. They want to bring in their own crew, sell it to their website, and create their own digital content. We've seen Austin FC doing it. That's part of why they don't want the you know, the HBO side. They want to do their own. Yeah, um, like the Austin Gamblers. Get on your <laughs> yeah, Austin Gamblers. Heck yeah, do something like that. Yeah. Do our own. And, we'll, 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 and our you know, and NFL our, still gets a piece our of passionate it. fans will pay for it. Subscribe to our website so that they yeah. can see the behind the curtain stuff. Yeah, and the NFL doesn't care. They're like, we get our piece either way. Especially with Aaron Rodgers. But here's how it started. Last night, if you missed it, this is about a minute and a half with Robert Sala mm-hmm. going really deep here. Actually, really high. This is the head coach Love it. of your New York football, J-E-T-E, Jets, Jets, Jets. All right, you can see this one. This is a life lesson for everybody, for everybody. Three nights ago, three nights ago, I was in deep thought, deep thought, deep thought. And I was thinking about you guys. I was thinking about you guys. I was thinking about all the excitement surrounding us, man, all of it, all of it. Did you know that the only bird, the only bird in the world that will attack an eagle is a crow? It's a crow. That's the only bird that will actually have the balls to attack an eagle. It will perch on the eagle's back and peck at its neck. So rather than fight back and tearing a crow to pieces like it can, the eagle spreads its wings and it soars as high as it possibly can. It keeps going and going and going as high as it can. And the higher the eagle flies, the crow to breathe. Eventually, the crow suffocates, falls back down to earth, and dies. That's what happens. Guys, we got a great deal of hype around us. We do. All kinds of expectations. And with great expectations, we know that there's going to be a whole lot of people, a whole lot of crows expecting us to fall on our face. What are you doing to find that little bit more to get us closer to being a great team? You finish practice, now what? You finish meetings, now what? Lifting, now what? A rep, now what? And if we come together and we challenge ourselves to do a little bit more every day, the crows, they'll fall by themselves. Embrace what we're capable of. Embrace the fact that we aren't the same old Jets. Embrace the fact that we do have a target on our back. Embrace the fact that when teams look at our schedule, they're not chalking us up for a W. They're coming at you. It's exactly where we want to be. Hard knocks, baby. Hard knocks. I, 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 he's that's pretty damn good. Theme. Yeah, no, you, I'm you like lie. the eagle and the crow story, Ron? Fantastic. You've you've heard in your so, career a lot co- of it, you know, in front of, great of coaches, everybody's speeches. Yeah, a lot of great coaches giving motivational speeches, pre-game speeches. Who's your best? That's a damn good one right there. Oh man, who gave a great pre-game speech? This is good. Mac was okay. Mac, Mac, was, Mac wasn't bad about it. Um. Man, I didn't play for a lot of great teams. So who was the world? Who was the worst? <laughs> Todd Dodge was legendary. Todd Dodge for Todd those, Dodge was for those kind of stories. Like, 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 yeah, every week he had like a different, uh, different crazy story. Like bird dog, bulldog. That's, uh, bird dog, bulldog. Yeah, I yeah, love that. Yeah, a bunch I like, of stuff that. like that. Okay, well, then we'll put that out there to you on the Specs text line. Had a couple of people texting saying, "Is this still the text line?" It is still the Specs text line. Five one two. 337-3776. Make sure you're downloading that Horn app. Make sure you're locked in also on AM 1260, 1019. 
And uh, be careful out there. But, Rod, be thinking about that. Worst, who is the worst motivational mm. head coach you had? Because normally your, your, your position coach gets with you with the DBs. And yeah. Dwayne Aquino, I'm sure, could throw some fire at you. Coach Aquino was great. Yeah. <laughs> coach Aquino was really, really good. And he, Coach Aquino was a naturally fiery guy anyway. He was always got some passion well, about anything. He got after me and Pop Warner when he I played with his son. So he'd, he'd Coach Aquino? Yeah, I played with Kamali. Nice. He'd stop by and. It was always a little bit scary. Oh he, yeah, no, he'd he act like, like he was coaching college. Kids. Yeah, like even the most I don't know mundane, like little small things. Like he was just really passionate about it. So it made him a great coach, well, best DB coach I ever had. Well, we can also link the uh, the Dwayne Aquina conversation to the Johnny Manziel documentary because Dwayne Aquina was the lead recruiter on Johnny Manziel when he was at Ker- Kerrville Tyvee. He was recruiting yeah. that area and decided not to recruit him. Yeah, I, I, offer I, him. I'll offer him. I should. That say. Ca- I think that, that came from on high. It did. Yes, that but, was <laughs> that, that was a that was an yeah, that was a, an edict by, by uh, Mac Brown. Yeah, we'll get to details on yeah. that. <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they recruit him as a safety? They did. I mean, Dwayne because Dwayne Aquino's DB coach. They didn't DB think coach. he was a quarterback, yep. and they wanted to recruit him as a safety. And he was you know down at A and M as mm-hmm. a, as a positionless player early. Yeah, no, he could play. Actually, so safety. He's a, a pretty receiver. good player. Yeah, I thought yeah. he'd be a wide receiver, a DB. That yeah. and it was Cliff Kingsbury who who you know moved into quarterback. But either way, Dwayne Aquino. Uh, and as you said, it came from higher than Dwayne Aquino that we're not yeah, going to offer Johnny Manziel. That was uh, a lot of stuff they talk about on the documentary. I've not seen it, but I've just seen some of the reviews and some of the comments on social media. Uh, you know, Mac had his own guys. He had he had sources. Mac had sources, so he knew a lot Trouble. about the family, and he did his research on the family and some of the uh, the, the habits of of Johnny and just his ways. And he just thought in Austin. That Johnny, that Johnny Manziel and Austin, he would ball out. He thought he'd be a good player or whatever, but he also thought there could be some severe repercussions and consequences. He was for here. Him he was here Austin. every weekend. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Is that anyway? <laughs> Floating on flamingos, yeah. or so, the gold swan? Uh, what is that? The swan downtown? Yeah, he would play a game like on the road in the in the in in yeah. wherever, and then all of a sudden there he'd be there in Austin. Reports about him that night hanging out in the AGX. Hey. Well, and that's some early reviews I've seen on the on the documentary. I've not seen it. I've heard it's really good. I've heard it. You, I've, most well, of them you, say it's really good. You get to hear from his dad, and his dad's part of the problem, the affluenza part, his family, oil money, and all of that. But uh, looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I did enjoy Hard Knocks last night. Enjoyed the Astros game. Rangers get a win. All things we're talking about. Coming next, though, we're going behind the burn orange curtain to talk some Texas football. 24 days to the Longhorn season opener with the Rice Owls. Also some uh, E and Rod B. Facts of the day before the top of the hour. There's a ton of those, including ESPN jumping full force into the betting game. ESPN Bets is a thing now after yesterday. Uh, we'll get to that coming next here on a Wednesday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all-sports leader, The Horn. I'm your mama, I'm your daddy, I'm that nigga. Including about the, uh, the golf world, PGA Tour, John Rahm. A lot of golfers just want more money. John Rahm has a very simple request for what he wants. Yeah, he's got that. Also, uh, ESPN get into the betting game, get into the betting space. Wow. How about the story of Dave Portnoy, whether you love Dave Portnoy or don't like him at Barstool Sports. Respect. He is made out like a bandit in a deal announced yesterday. We'll get some Ian Rod B facts of the day. And how about these facts on the, uh, the heels of uh, the Mega Millions lottery? One ticket sold overnight in mm, Florida crazy. with the numbers one ticket 1.58 billion mm, I was mm. reading this from a uh, a financial expert in the field rod that says if you do win the lottery things you should do for sure uh, <laughs> never never sign the ticket 
Never sign don't it. Don't sign it. You what, what, why not sign it? Until, until, until you have to turn it in? He says because you want to set up a trust and stay anonymous. Um, also says never tell anyone like so that. you don't become a victim of robbery, extortion, or death. Make copies of the ticket. Hide it somewhere safe in case you lose the original. Uh, you also want to hire six professionals immediately, a lawyer, a security team, accountant, tax attorney, financial advisor, and a state planner. And uh, and then you, you want to uh, do three things to go private. Delete your social media, change your address, get a new phone number and email address immediately. Because when you go from Poe to $1.56 billion, mm-hmm. you're going to have some lurkers. Yeah. Oh, no. That's why, I mean, there are numerous studies that talk about lottery winners and how a lot of them go broke, like over half of them end up going broke for some reason because, like you said, yeah, they don't surround themselves with the uh, the right support staff, pretty much. Because you basically are a corporation at that point. Yeah. When you got that much money, you become a corporation. You're like, nah, I need a trust. I need a financial advisor. You need a CPA. You need a lot of people around you to make sure that you're handling the money the right way because if not, then you're probably just going to blow money through. Money gone. Yeah, exactly. So don't, well, be, the, you, don't be the lottery winner that ends up going broke. And to your, quest, and to your question earlier, if you do win the lottery, take the lump sum payment instead of the annuity. You get a better return by investing the lump sum into an index fund than taking the annual annuity. So you can take that cash Straight, straight cash, homie, homie straight right up front take it, and let, uh, let mm-hmm. your financial planner do magic right. with that bad boy. I like that. I do too. So there's some advice. We didn't win it though. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't play. We don't play. Hey, can't get can't too mad if you don't play. <laughs> can't get too mad. You got to play. All can't right. get too mad. Talk about Kyle Tucker's uh, incredible blast last night. What an at-bat in Baltimore. Rangers have won eight straight. We've got the Johnny Mandel do- Menzel documentary. i got to watch that tonight, Me man. too. How, Me too. I, how long is it? I mean, it's, it's just one thing. So I, mean, I, mean, I, I imagine it's like an hour and a half, About two an hour hours, and a half. Something like that. So I'll check it out. Apparently Billy Lucci was a... Was all the stars well, Billy Lucci of uh, TexAgs.com was like one of Johnny's good friends. Yes, I said there. so. I think he was like one of the main stars in there. I know Billy. He's the one thing cool. I read that I again I got to watch it and I'll make my own judgment. But you know, there's no there's no input from anybody from the Cleveland Browns. There's no input from them. They didn't. It's really Johnny, his agent, Billy Lucci, telling the story. And then again, yeah. that's that's you know, it's a documentary. Netflix, I'm sure, is going to do great with it. I uh, have not seen it, but um, you know, Johnny Manziel is a compelling. Person and what a, a must-see TV player he was when he was playing at Texas A&M and into the NFL. And, uh, you know, Cowboy fans are just happy they took Zach Martin, not Johnny Manziel. Can't think, with thank the, the 16th Lord. pick of that thank draft. You, yeah, seriously. Yeah, that, cause Jerry, that Jerry, no. That could have no, no, gone all types of roles. No, the Cowboys, like I said, they're a lucky team when it comes to quarterback. Remember remember the uh, pa- Paxton Lynch and the Connor Cook trade that oh, fell through for them? Fortunate. That could have ended up happening, too. Ended up with Dak and... Dak, I would say Dak basically, Dak's a happy accident. Dak is Viagra. They didn't mean to come up with Viagra when they found Viagra. They they were trying to come up with a, I mean, it was a cardiovascular, uh, you know, uh, medicine of some kind. And they found one of the side, the by, byproducts, side effects was that, you know, it could help out uh, with uh, erectile dysfunction. And they say, you know what, instead of actually pursuing the cardiovascular drug. Let's just make it an erectile dysfunction drug. I think we can make a lot more money that way. And they were right. And that's Dak. Dak is Viagra. Make billions on yeah. hard you know <laughs> they, what I mean? They drafted Dak in the fourth <laughs> round. He was behind Kellen Moore, third-string quarterback. Romo was your starter. And then by the end of that season, it was entirely flipped. Dak was the starter. They never intended that. You know, well, happy you know, accident. And Jerry has said it himself after several uh, bourbons. Uh, Romo was a miracle. Romo was a miracle. Was a miracle. You want to know why? Sean how, Payton. How, how many undrafted free agent quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have become a franchise quarterback? I can think of one. Kurt Warner. Yeah. 
from the uh, the Arena League and sacking groceries. And maybe I guess uh, Warren Moon because Warren Moon no, technically he was a pro. I mean, he was a great college player and a, a champion in Canada. I know. So technically, I guess he was undrafted. undrafted but it's it's my point is it's very rare. A better resume than than certain. Yeah, so, well, so and he, really the only reason Romo ended up a Cowboy was Sean Payton because they went to the same school and Sean Payton right. knew of his exploits. It, yes, you're right. Northern Illinois, Illinois or like that. Eastern, Eastern Illinois, Eastern Illinois. Illinois, and Sean Payton had gone there. And played quarterback. I, I want to say Mike Shanahan went there. I think so. They, 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 I want to say they got a, they. I want to say they got three like former NFL well, head coaches that went so, there. So think about that as a, <laughs> as a Cowboy fan. Jerry Jones, the owner, has lucked his way, good fortuned his way into his last two franchise quarterbacks. No doubt. And damn near took Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Connor against Cook, the advice. Paxton Lynch. To your point of Mac Brown saying, you know, we're not going to offer Johnny Manziel. We've been we've heard too many stories, and there was a report that I saw that um, back in the day, even that it was. You know, you know, Mac Brown had a DPS trooper that was kind of his mm. where, oh, yeah, wherever yes. Mac went. I, I, I know him, and I'm not even going to throw his name. Yeah, yes. me either. <laughs> but the, you know, he was Mac's guy, yeah. like you know, walking mm-hmm. out on the field, all those kind of things, and said, told Mac the reports. Like, you don't you don't want mm. – from Kerrville, from yeah. East Texas, yep. Yeah, you don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really what t- soured Mac on Johnny Manziel. Now, he was what, a wild card. What soured him on Robert Griffin the third? I don't know. I don't know. Let's not go down too far down that route. Well, he wanted to play DB. Remember, they were they were recruiting all the best, some of the best quarterbacks to play DB at the time, and you were going through this transition in honestly in all of football, the quarterback renaissance, where for the first time ever teams were actually adapting their systems to the athletic ability of the quarterback, and the best athletes on the teams wanted to play quarterback. Yeah. In high school, college, and pro, they were like, no, nah, I want to play quarterback. Best athletes on the team were playing quarterback, and I think that was new. And then it kind of took off, and then we know the Shakespearean irony of Texas becoming a quarterback mecca, the state and University of Texas not being able to find a quarterback yeah. <laughs> because okay. Matt got a little Manziel, picky. Manziel, RG3, Matt Stafford, Andrew Luck. Nick Foles, and they went over and over. Mac Brown now tells the story of it if, after recruiting RG3 as a, as a defensive back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then seeing him as a freshman at Baylor going, oh, boy, I screwed that up. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you did. Yes, I you screwed did. that up. Yeah, you did, bro. Uh, hey, yeah. let's uh, – That's okay. Uh, we'll get back to all those stories, the facts before the top of the hour, thoughts on the Mega Millions and all the other top stories but uh, and hard knocks. But how about now we dip in behind that uh, BOC? And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, yesterday I was doing some um, some rabbit holing, as I call it, uh, about the Texas offense. And Steve Sarkeesian inspired me yesterday because he had a quote. Um, we played it on the show. We won't play it for you again. But essentially the, uh, the gist of it is he said that, and I remember we talked about this, he talked about how if they can deploy five people in the passing game, yep. all right, that basically they've built the roster now where he believes that they, if the quarterback can just distribute the ball accurately and in a timely fashion to the the best matchup that, you know, whatever they have, uh, you know, based on the scheme and based on the concept, that they should have a lot of success and be able to create 
He said, run after the catch plays, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, but him talking about deploying five receivers, and he talked about how tough JT Sanders and X-Man so are. So you would consider JT Sanders a receiver in that That's five. what he's, He said that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think he does. I think in his mind, just kind of reading yeah, you know, yeah. between the lines, he considers his passing game receiving core. He looks at JT Sanders as part of the receiving core, and he should. It's like last year, he should have looked at Bijan Robinson yeah. as part of the receiving core, and he didn't. Right, I think he would have had a different, you know, mentality last year if he looked at Bijan as part of the receiving core. He didn't, and that's why you have zero targets in the game versus TCU. Yeah. Uh, even though he says Shameful. he he does use his running backs in the passing game, and he I think he does, but Bijan was special, just like JT Sanders is special. So uh, treat them accordingly. Uh, but getting back to the point, I was inspired because he said it about deploying five receivers, and it got me to, it got me to thinking about empty formation, which is something I love. Um, I you talk of, about this, yes. the empty formation. Uh, it's one of my favorite concepts in football. I truly believe it is probably the most stressful uh, concept you could utilize and deploy against a defense, especially when you got to deal with a quarterback. Texas doesn't have that, but still, it's really, really effective. When the Rams won their uh, first, not first Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl most recently with Sean McVay, uh, when they played against the Bengals in the Super Bowl, both of those teams were one and two, number one and number two in the NFL in using empty formation. And it was a concept that they really separated themselves from the rest of the league with. And even before that, my obsession with empty formation started with the Patriots. When they beat the Rams, ironically, in the Super Bowl, they did it. That one touchdown they scored was when they used empty formation with 22 personnel, two backs, two tight ends. And the Rams, it was the one thing Wade Phillips did not plan for. He couldn't because that season – only 11 times in all 16 games with all 32 teams had a team deployed 22 personnel and used empty formation with it. How the hell are you going to game plan for that when nobody in the NFL is doing it? The, the Patriots did it in that Super Bowl. It won them the Super Bowls. Only touchdown that was scored. So I became obsessed with it after that. I mean, keeping up with it, actually, at Texas, too. And it got me thinking about how Texas did in empty formation last season. And I went, looked through my notes, and I went, specifically to Quinn Ewers, because he's our he's the Texas quarterback now. So I didn't want to get deep into the weeds about what Hudson Card had done and um, what Quinn Ewers did really before the injury. So I went post-injury. Oklahoma game is where I started, right? That's when he comes back from the injury. And I wanted to look at how he had, you know, performed in empty formation since that point. And that was eight games. Ended up being eight total games. Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, K-State, TCU, Baylor, Kansas, and then the Washington game. And here are the numbers that I found. And they actually were consistent with the empty formation numbers and stats I've been keeping up with for the last two or three years. And now I do believe this should be – this is my favorite cheat code for Texas's offense in 2023. There are a lot of them. This is my favorite one. He is completing 62% of his passes out of empty formation, which is not stellar. That's okay. That can improve. That can improve, all right? That, and that will improve because I think he'll get more comfortable with it. But when you look at first down rate, and it's the beauty of empty formation. It stresses the defense. They cannot utilize pre-snap shell looks and disguises because you've got to get to your alignment and your assignment, and you better get there quickly. Because if not, then you're going to have a free receiver running, uh, running, running wild and running uh, open in your secondary somewhere. So usually everybody gets right to their assignment, and there's no pre-snaps, pre-snap shell disguise, which cleans every look up, pre- cleans up the pre-snap read for the quarterback. All he knows is, all right, I got, all he sees is matchups. And then he knows 
my, my guy can beat that guy based on the film study and based on the preparation. So if you look at first down rate, we're just looking at the, the rate that you uh, get a first down or achieve a first down uh, within empty formation with Quinn Ewers in that time span, 41% first down rate. When I looked at first down and touchdown rate, combine the two, you're at a 40, over 40%, 44% first down and touchdown rate. When I looked at explosive play rate out of empty in that time span, you're at 20% of your plays were explosive plays. That's a play of at least 15 yards in the passing game, at least 10 yards in the running game. And yards per play, you're at 7.7, which is not bad, but it's the explosive play factor. Your first down and touchdown rate, if you include rushes too, because there was one rush by Quinn Ewers for 12 yards, and it's easy to rush out of empty formation because <laughs> teams are so stressed, they're, they're maxed out in terms of their matchups. They usually keep a safety deep just in case. Nobody wants to be in zero coverage, so just in case somebody breaks free, breaks a tackle, somebody slips, there's usually a safety back there, and then you have your rushers, maybe four of those guys. By the time you end up adding up all the numbers, there's really not a lot of margin for error for the defense, and they don't have enough numbers to put a spy on the quarterback as well. That's why Sam Ellinger was deadly. Out of empty formation. Oh, he was deadly. I'll give you some of those numbers later on. But for Quinn Ewers, you go look at if you include the rush, you're at 46% first down or touchdown rate out of empty formation with Quinn Ewers. And here's the beautiful thing. You'll love this. So versus Washington, the last game was his best game out of empty formation. He was uh, 7 of 8. So you're talking about oh, 87% completion percentage. Um, he, had a, he had a rush for 12 yards, 7.5 yards per attempt. Um, you look at a 25% first down rate. You had one explosive play in there. Uh, two, if you include the, uh, the rush in there, too. So it's, it, it, to me, I think he was actually building toward this. One of the best adjustments that Sark made in that TCU game was to go empty in the second half. I remember yelling and screaming about it on the radio the day after. In the second half of that game versus TCU, he was 4-4 from empty formation, over 12 yards per attempt, three first downs, 75% first down rate, and you had an explosive play against one of the best defenses in all of college football. The problem was Sark went to it a little too late. A little too late. He found it late in the second yeah, half. Yeah, they were bad in the red zone in that game. Yeah, but one of the things that, that's true. But one of the things I think that will help Sark uh, adapt a little bit better with empty formation is that his quarterback is now familiar with the system. The quarterback is a little bit more comfortable in the system. You have so many weapons that empty formation to me, and I'm not saying use it, you know, excessively. Um, we're talking about you know 15 percent of the time. Maybe I think they should lead the country in the category because I think Quinn Ewers with the, the weapons, weapons is going to be it. really really good. But that I'm telling you, that's my favorite concept. We can dive a little bit deeper into it. But when I looked at the numbers, Quinn Ewers excelled actually in empty formation last season. Um, I think it's something that Sark is looking at. I love it. Yeah. Behind the burnt orange curtain, deep dive in the rabbit hole with Rod Babers right there. Uh, and that's true. And somebody mentioned, love to see the, the five wides and then have Jordan Whittington drop into the backfield. Mm-hmm. Well, look, that's one of the reasons that Sark and the staff are cross-training a guy like Savion Red, who can be a receiver and a running back, right? You want to be able – because then you can go tempo. The other type of mm-hmm. the fives wide is you go – the spread formation, you go tempo. And you don't let them change up their, their, uh, their defensive personnel – 
And then, yeah, you can run a running back in there like Savion Red, who also is a receiver, or a Jordan Whittington, and you can hand the ball off. And it mm-hmm. really can stress a defense. Exactly. I love that, too. Uh, when you've got weapons, the likes of Xavier Worthy and A.D. Mitchell and Isaiah Nayer oh, and Jatavion Sanders. And, defense is worse nightmare. And, and I want to ask you this when we come back. I mean, think about it, because I, I do think that's one of the reasons that Brock Purdy had such great success when he took over in San Francisco, is he essentially was a point guard to all the weapons. Right, I mean that's what you can be. You your quarterback just has to make the right read. You got to overthink it. Get it to Debo <laughs> when it's time for Debo. When it's George, when the defense tells you George Kittle's the mismatch, that's where you go. Christian McCaffrey's matchup. Christian McCaffrey's your mismatch. It goes there. <laughs> if it's Brandon Ayuk, you go there. Yep. And Brock Purdy did a great job of he just did. being the point guard. That's really all Quinn Ewers needs to do a lot of times in this offense. We'll talk more about it. There's some Texas football. Back to the E and Rod B facts of the day coming next. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, Austin's all sports leader, the Horn. Ian Rod B, facts of a Wednesday morning is the 9th of August. We will be at number 18 in our Ian Rod B Horn Top 20 college football countdown. We've gone Texas Tech, North Carolina. We've got number 18 today. We'll be in the SEC. Speaking of SEC, we're going to hear from Greg Sankey coming up. He is the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. He spoke publicly for the first time since the massive shakeup in college athletics last Friday with the implosion of the Pac-12, uh, and he was pretty strident in his opinions as usual. We'll hear from Greg Sankey coming up in our next hour. Also next hour, we'll go uh, the first Rod's rant of the morning, also bullish and BS, and uh, get you mm. let you hear that again, that uh, Kyle Tucker grand slam last night in the ninth inning with one out against the best closer in baseball. Uh, Kyle Tucker became the first player this season in Major League Baseball. He did a grand slam in the ninth inning or later with his team trailing by three. And uh, what a staggering blow that was. And like the Orioles were going to take game one of that series. And big heavyweight showdown Clutch. series in the American League. Clutch. And just the word for me is just they're going to battle you. I mean, whether you love the Astros or hate the Astros, the, you know, the cheating scandal's a long time ago now. Hate. is, is, is they're, 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 they're hated more now than they are loved. And that's, you know what? That's a good thing. But appreciate that they, 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 they fight for it. I mean, the one thing that one of the reasons the Astros have won two World Series and, and been in four is their best hitters can hit good pitching and they mm. battle good pitching. I know that sounds, you know, small, but. To be able to battle and get yourself into a into a hitter's count against a really good pitcher because that's what you're going to face in the postseason. Mm, you're going to face no the doubt. best, yep. so you got to be able to hit good pitching and battle against good pitching up and down their order. Houston can do that with Bregman and Tucker and uh, you know Jordan. Uh, these guys will battle you, and uh, Jose Altuve, of course. Uh, so many big clutch moments in the postseason, and that kind of had a postseason feel last night it did. in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, all right. So me and uh, Rod B. Facts. What do you have for us, Rod, on the facts side of things? Uh, yeah, we can get into some uh, some baseball facts here since we were talking just talking baseball. Uh, since we're talking about Kyle Tucker, his grand slam, uh, that clutch grand slam in the ninth inning, it was a um, hundred and it was on a hundred. Point four mile power pitch, the third fastest pitch hit for a grand slam in the pitch tracking era, basically going back to like t- 2008. <laughs> so uh, usually, you know, you don't uh, you don't see people hit a grand slam off of a pitch that fast. Also, since we're talking baseball, uh, you look at the most home runs through the first 111 games in Major League Baseball history. Uh, the Braves are right there. Uh, the Braves have 215. Home They're runs. Really good. The Twins have the record for home runs, most home runs through the first 111 games with 217. And the 2019 Twins uh, team set the single season mark with 307 total home runs. And the Braves, uh, they're on that kind of pace. And they do it in the first inning. 
They have scored more runs, I believe, in the first inning than any team has scored in any inning all season long. <laughs> the other team to beat. I right. mean, as much as I root for the Astros and Ty roots for the Rangers, and both are really, really good. Dodgers are good. Uh, the Braves are are the team to beat right now uh, in Major League Baseball. They're of course won it two years ago, and here they are. I mean, they're they're the team to beat uh, for sure. Uh, all right. So facts of the day: ESPN is now full bore uh, folks into the betting game. Uh, you know, if you know the brand Barstool Sports, right? Barstool Sports, Who which know is Barstool uh, at this point. At this point, uh, you know, started in, in Boston way back with Dave Portnoy, and it's just become mm-hmm. this monster. Well, along the way, Dave Portnoy sold Barstool or, or partnered with Barstool with a group called Penn Media, and sold it to them for five hundred million dollars. Or full, you know, partnered in, and now here we are with. Dave Portnoy bailing with Penn, the agreement uh, essentially, Rod, yesterday, because ESPN and Disney is coming in to partner with Penn on something now called ESPN Bets. Mm. And ESPN... Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. Everybody knows the <laughs> growing side of the betting game. ESPN and Walt, the, you know, the Disney company, you know, they're taking a lot of criticism, but they also stand behind their family-friendly you know, brand. But betting is the way to go in sports it's right now. It's mainstream now, now though. Yeah, it's mainstream, it yeah. So ESPN Bets is here, Penn Media partnering, and essentially, according to ESPN, Penn Media will run the ESPN Bets. It will just be promoted throughout right. all the ESPN platforms. Okay, uh, They're going to promote it. And essentially the deal that Dave Portnoy, in our Facts of the Day segment, Rod, worked out with Penn is you can have your company back, Barstool. We keep the gambling part of it. You keep Barstool, which we paid you $500 million for several years ago. You get it back for nothing. The Crazy. only stipulation is that if you do sell the company Barstool eventually, mm-hmm. we get half of that profit. And he said he's never going to sell it. Right. Forever. So now he took the $500 million no, up front. He says that, and then somebody offers him a ridiculous amount of money. Exactly. The, the, the public investment fund comes in. It's like, hey, we might offer you a billion dollars for Barstool. Yeah, right? the Saudis roll in. The PIF comes in. Everybody changes their mind. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, $1.5 billion deal with Penn Media, and then Barstool back to Portnoy. Man, that is winning right it's there. Gonna, Barstool will be, go there. back to being a lot better, a lot more sports. They had a lot of well, issues, regulatory we'll issues with the okay. Gambling Commission and really? Dave Portnoy himself like they couldn't get licenses because of, of him things employees have said he said so just getting out altogether is probably the right get move. out of the way okay. essentially but nice keep the company um and, and keep the money and it's espn bets yep why not bet is bet espn i agree with you on bet that. espn is way better hey right? also on a yeah. fact of the day our uh our texter coach 66 says e texas smoke wins the regular season championship of the soft fast pitch softball league yeah. number one seed in the playoffs 2023 Women's Professional Fast job, Pitch Regular League Champs, a record of 22 and 14, the Texas Smoke. That's a great name. It really yeah. is. <laughs> Just, it, yes, it really it is. is. Yeah. All right, we'll let you hear that uh, magic moment in the ninth inning last night with Kyle Tucker off the best closer in baseball. Also, the Rangers' longest win streak since 2017 continues for the first place Rangers and more Texas football. And Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, weighing in on the current state of college athletics. Thank you.